is the Under Centre Podcast. Hello and welcome to this Thursday edition of the Under Centre Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Mar, and I'm joined, as always, by Rean Malloy. Rean, how are you? I'm doing pretty good today. Um, yeah, looking forward to the, to the week of football ahead. Excellent stuff. Yeah, and we have a, a great week of football ahead and a, a great start to the week because of the Thursday night football. The Denver Broncos hosting the Indianapolis Colts. And joining us to look ahead to this game, we are delighted to be joined by team reporter for the Broncos and host of the Broncos post game live, Phil Milani. Phil, how are you, sir? Hey, thank you for having me on here. Uh, looking forward to uh, some Thursday night football. Excellent stuff. Yeah, definitely for sure. And like, how how were your feelings towards Thursday night football in general? Because it, it does get a bit of a bad rap, especially sort of online. And a, a lot of players don't seem to like the the short weeks. Well, I think it's just sort of the future of the game. You know, like there's an opportunity to play in prime time. Uh, the ratings are through the roof, so hey, you got to do it. And uh, over here, stateside, you know, Fridays are taken by some college games. Uh, most kids are playing high school football on Fridays. Saturday is all college football. So the, the day that makes the most sense is Thursday and not too much uh, is going on. So it just makes sense to, to have a game in prime time. Uh, and I think that the players, uh, it's an adjustment for them for, for the week. You know, these guys love their routines. You know, hey, Mondays I do this. Tuesdays I do this. That gets a little condensed, but uh, on the positive side, they get a weekend off afterward. It's sort of like a mini bye week for them where a chance for them to get healthy, get their bodies right on the back end. But it is a little bit tougher uh, on the front end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and like it, it, it's not probably the, the best sort of time to go into the Thursday course with the with the defeat on, on Sunday against the Raiders. And of course, the injuries now coming out of that game, of course, Javante Williams, uh, with the ACL injury out for the season. And then what we've heard earlier on this week, that Randy Gregory going on IR as well now with a knee injury. So he's going to be missing the next four games too. So, and and that's just adding to this stacked injury list now that the Broncos seem to have. Uh, yeah, I mean, they really got banged up uh, against the Raiders. Losing a guy like Javante Williams is, is a big blow because the Broncos were really counting on him this season. Uh, things hadn't quite clicked with him through the first four four games of the season, but there was a lot of expectations that this was his second year, uh, had a sensational rookie season. So uh, the expectations for him were through the roof and the Broncos were using him a lot. I mean, they were going to feature him in the passing game in addition to running the ball. So that's a big loss for the team. Uh, Randy Gregory uh, heading to IR. His injury, not quite as bad, but he's going to have a scope done on his knee once they're in there, they're going to be able to find out exactly what's going on. Uh, but he did head to IR today. So that means he's definitely missing the next four games. And as a result of that, the Bron- both of those injuries, the Broncos went out and got uh, Latavius Murray, a running back from the Saints uh, on their practice squad, brought, them, brought him in today. He was out at practice earlier today. So he's trying to get caught up to speed as fast as he can. But he played in London last Sunday with the Saints. And then now he's here in Denver. So he was asked, hey, can, do you think you'll be able to play on Thursday? And he said, sure, I could do anything. But I don't know if uh, the Broncos are going to try and rush him in. And then for Gregory's injury, they're going to have to count on uh, their rookie, Nick Bedito. Uh Nathaniel Hackett, the Broncos head coach, was asked about that today. He said, hey, is this guy ready to go? And he said, 
Hackett's response was, he has to be. And uh, that's sort of just uh, where the Broncos are right now. So how much impact do you think Murray is going to have uh, throughout the season in this backfield? Uh, I know that Gordon has split opinion a little bit in terms of his um, his fumbling uh, and stuff like that. Uh, do you think he's going to kind of take reps off uh, Gordon going forward? It'll be interesting to see what the Broncos do here. I mean, on the short week, this was really the only move that they could make, uh, just picking up a guy from the practice squad. I think they're going to have to rely on Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone for the most part on, on Thursday here. I think if Melvin Gordon plays well enough, doesn't fumble, and, and does a good job, I think that he could earn this starting spot and just sort of be the guy here moving forward. But I mean, what, one more mistake from Melvin. I don't know what, what that could mean for him. Uh, the Broncos just need to really be able to trust him. And uh, you hear from Russell Wilson, you hear from Nathaniel Hackett saying, hey, look, we believe in this guy. He's a premier running back. But, but when it comes down to it, you can't be hurting your team the way he has so far this year. Uh, four fumbles this season. And then dating back to last year, I mean, there's just been uh, too many mistakes here. And not just fumbles, but they keep getting returned for touchdowns going the other way. So you're talking about game-changing plays here. So I think that if Mel can get that cleaned up, I think that he'll become the starter. If not, then I do think the Broncos will go out and try to either make a trade or, or bring in another uh, big-time running back to be able to come in here. Because there are only four games into the season. There's 13 more to go. So uh, uh, it's too early to just sort of try and get to the end of the season and call it what it is. There's still time to go out and make a move here where the Broncos can still have a decent production on the ground game. Yeah. Although Twitter did have a great time on Sunday night with the Garrett Bowles sort of leaping to stop the, uh, the, the, the return for the touchdown against the Raiders. <laughs> He uh, maybe he thought he was closer than he was. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had we had the at the the angle that we were looking at. It didn't look too close at all. But hey, look, at least he was tracking back and he didn't give up on it. That's the main thing. That's what you want. You want to see effort, um, especially when the ball is turned over like that, for sure. But look, Phil, the big story, of course, in the whole off season was that trade for Russell Wilson. Um, you know, uh, he. Uh, he did sort of at times on Sunday look like he is coming to terms with his new offense and sort of starting to gel a little bit, especially with with Judy and Sutton. Um, too. How, how have you uh, how have you felt he's played in these first four games, or maybe even the the last three games? Because obviously the first game had such uh, was such an emotional game for him. Of course, going back to Seattle, that you could ju- you could understand maybe if he 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 was um you know overwhelmed by that by that game especially. I think it's been a work in progress for him. I mean, he would even admit that it's not been the smoothest, but I think that he, he always preaches about it's the journey here. And it's like, you know, the, we got to take this thing one step at a time and eventually the offense will look like how it's supposed to be supposed to. But I think for Russ, it's been a blending of the things that he likes to do, which in my opinion is get out of the pocket uh, improvise a little bit, make some magic happen out there. Everybody says, let Russ cook, you know, that, that type of thing. I think that's where he really excels. And then I think he's been trying to blend that into 
what Nathaniel Hackett wants this offense to look like. What, you know, is he able to execute in the pocket? Is he able to make his throws on time? Is he supposed to just trust the offense that, you know, the, the guys will get open when they need to. And if you just stay in the rhythm of the offense, stay on time, then you'll be able to make these passes. I think they've been trying to blend those two things and it's taken some time here because uh, I don't think that he he's necessarily lift up, lived up to his own standards. And certainly here in Denver, the expectations were through the roof. I mean, everybody was thinking, Hey, this is going to be like Peyton Manning 2.0 here. And even when Peyton was here, it took a little bit of time. Uh, it wasn't until week six before they really got humming. So I think that it's taken some time, but uh, you do see some signs of it, you know, certainly against the 49ers, that was a, a just a slugfest until they finally scored a touchdown late in that game in the fourth quarter. And then Russ looked like Russ on that drive. So I think that it's been a little bit of a blending there. Long term, I think that Russ wants to be able to play from the pocket a little bit more. I mean, just for your health and for just being able to have a, a longer career. I think you want to be able to stay in that pocket, make those throws and not take the hits. But uh, right now it does seem like he's having more success when he gets out of the pocket, when he scrambles, when he's running downfield, it just puts so much more pressure on the opposing defense. When you're you, the play is longer, that type of thing. You know, uh, I, I think there's been more success when he's done that. Yeah. And it, it, he obviously, like I mentioned, he 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 has been targeting. You know, he has a great connection. It seems with Cortland Sutton already this year, um, and Jerry Judy now is starting to come into a lot more too. Is there any concern maybe that maybe the tight ends haven't been used as much um, in the passing game in these first four weeks? Uh, most definitely. I mean, Albert O uh, just played one snap this last game uh, against the Raiders that that was supposed to be a position that was going to get a lot of targets uh, in this offense. You've really seen Eric Saubert be the biggest pass catching tight end. And that's not what he's known for throughout his career. You know, that's not been his strong point. So uh, it, it does seem like that is a position where the Broncos uh, may be waiting for a guy like Greg Dulcich their third round pick out of UCLA this year. He's been on IR to start the season. Uh, he was anticipated to rejoin the team in practice starting today, but the Broncos did not do that. Uh, he did not practice uh, along with Michael Ojemudia. Uh, so Dulcich is a guy that I think that most, most people around here have been waiting to see what he's going to be able to bring to this offense. And uh, he, he just hasn't been able to go just yet. So, I think that uh, they'll activate his clock next week when he's got a little bit more time, probably practice one full week and then play in the game following that. So uh, for the Broncos, probably not playing uh, against the Chargers on Monday night unless he just really hits the ground running and is able to go. But traditionally, when you come back from IR, you spend one week practicing, you don't play, and then you play the, the following game. So for the Broncos, that would mean against the Jets in, in a couple of weeks. So. I don't know. It'll be interesting because Dulcich is supposed to be this guy who's got this speed. He's he's supposed to be able to be a, a weapon in the passing game, but he's he's just not been able to do much really in training camp at all. So we haven't really seen what that looks like. Uh, hopefully, he's been keeping up in the classroom here, you know, in meetings and stuff, 
so that he'll be able to just jo- join in the in with the offense seamlessly. But he's a rookie, so we really just don't know what to expect. So yeah, I would say that is is a big concern that they haven't had any production from the tight end position. So flipping over to the defensive side of the ball and looking forward to the game on Thursday, uh, we saw Josh Jacob do a lot of damage on the ground uh, at the weekend. How do the Broncos go about stopping Jonathan Taylor in this game on Thursday? Jonathan Taylor's uh, battling this ankle injury. Uh, Certainly if he does play, it won't be 100%. Uh, You heard from Broncos uh, defensive coordinator, Ajiro Evero today. He said they're expecting him to play. That's how they're preparing. Um, So, uh, I, I mean, he's a dynamic running back rushed for more than 1800 yards last season. Uh, he's, he's going to be a problem. I mean, they're, they're going to have to make that a priority uh, stopping him, but up until that Raiders game, it did seem like the Broncos rush defense was doing a good job. They, they went into that game against the Ve- uh, Las Vegas, the sixth best, sixth best defense against the run. So they had been doing a good job in that area, but the Raiders really made it a priority to attack the, that Broncos defensive line. So uh, I'm assuming you'll see the same from the Colts. And until the Broncos stop him, they're going to keep going to that, keep going to that. So they'll have to make it a priority. They're going to have to shore up some of their tackling uh, problems that uh, you didn't see. They, they weren't able to really get Josh Jacobs to the ground on first contact. Uh, they're going to have to rally toward the ball. And uh, Hackett today said, look, some guys were out there trying to do a little bit too much. They were trying to make a big play, like on the third down, uh, a third down and one late in the game. Broncos need a stop against the, the Raiders. Bradley Chubb is supposed to set the edge there. Instead, he gets caught going down uh, along the line there, and the Raiders are able to bust a run out and uh, secure the victory there. So t- plays like that, don't try to make a huge play. Just do your responsibility. Stay in your assignment, and uh, the Broncos – can get back to stopping the run like they did those first three games. Yeah. Uh, and and second-year cornerback Patrick Sertan, you know, he had a, 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 a tough game against Devontae Adams, but listen, every cornerback has a tough game against Devontae Adams. And um, coming into this game, you know, we're probably looking at, you know, Michael Pittman probably be the wide receiver one in this one. And um, the Colts is... Uh, you know, big issue this year has sort of been in the end zone. They seem to be able to go up and down the field fine, but when it comes to that end zone, it's it's where they're struggling is in. And I, I think that's it's going to be important for sort of the backfield to keep uh, Matt Ryan uh, contained, and especially with his uh, his tendency to uh, favor the tight ends, especially. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, when you look at this Colts offense, Matt Ryan is in a very similar position to Russell Wilson, you know, having played the beginning of his career all in one spot, having a lot of success there. And then this is his first year in a new offense with a new team, all these new weapons. It's a work in progress, just like it is here in Denver. And uh, I don't want to speak for the Colts too much here, but it, it does seem like they're still trying to figure out things as uh, they go along. I know that they had a lot of expectations this year to be able to really take that next step, having a guy like Matt Ryan come in and the Colts were on that path to making the playoffs last year and kind of fell apart uh, just down the stretch. So uh, I know that they've been a little bit disappointed with the start of their season and uh, we'll have to see how this thing comes together, 
especially if Jonathan Taylor can't can't go, isn't able to play, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan. I think Ryan has three fumbles this year. Uh, he's been pressured a lot. So uh, I would expect the Broncos to really try and get a, a lot of pressure on uh, on Matt Ryan, see if they're able to force some turnovers like they have been able to do, certainly against the 49ers. This Broncos defense had a lot of success there taking the ball away. So uh, I'm sure that'll be a priority for the Broncos. Yeah. And, and sorry, go ahead, Reem. Uh So, um, we've kind of looked at how the defense can maybe win the game for the Broncos on the offensive side of the ball. Where do you think the key matchups are that kind of um, the, the Broncos can target in that uh, Colts defense? Because obviously it's quite a strong defense that they're going up against. Uh, where do you think the Broncos can win this game on offense? Uh, I mean, obviously, Stefan Gilmore is one of the premier cornerbacks uh, in the league. So uh, maybe stay away from him uh, if you can. Uh, I would say uh, just for Russ, try and get into a rhythm a little bit on, on the offensive side. Last week, uh, certainly to start the second half, this Broncos team went three and out, three and out, short drives, uh, five plays, I think, to start the second half. They had been backed up to their own one-yard line. So just try to find a little bit of a rhythm, take some of those easy plays. I think that this offense, the, the idea is to get the ball out quickly, get those those plays where it's four yards, five yards, just get into a rhythm a little bit, keep it third down and manageable. The Broncos were th three of 11 on third down. And a big problem was it was third and forever. You know, uh, they faced a, a third and 20 at one point. I mean, uh, they were just really behind the chains a lot against the Raiders. So keep things manageable and try and stay out on the field. Um, I would say just try and target these guys, get the ball into your playmakers hands because we'll have to see what Melvin Gordon is able to bring, what Mike Boone is able to do. You know, if they're able to trust those guys, try and get a ground game going. But, but if the, it's not happening there, they're going to have to get the ball to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Montreal, Washington, uh, their rookie returner. He's got, I mean, unbelievable speed. So, Try to get the ball there. Try and be a little bit creative uh, trying to get the ball out. I thought maybe things were a little bit predictable against the Raiders. Maybe try and mix it up a, a little bit here and then try and catch uh, uh, the Colts off guard a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and after, obviously, this Thursday's game, there's a, a pretty, you know, meaty schedule for, for the Broncos and clocking up a few air miles as well because, you know, Heading to LA to for the AFC West matchup against the Chargers, like you said on the on the Monday Night Football, coming back home to the Jets, then traveling over to London to Wembley to take on um, the Jaguars. Um, so, in terms of uh, like, would you know how has preparation been for for this schedule slate of games now coming up, especially now with sort of London um, on the periphery as well? How? How many weeks in advance is, is the planning go? Is there planning, I should say, for, for that trip, especially? Uh, I think that they had been doing some planning for this Thursday night game in advance, uh, just because it's such a quick turnaround. But then moving forward, I think they're just going to take this thing one week at a time. They, they don't do anything too special to get ready for a trip to London. Uh, I think the Broncos are planning to get out there early in the week acclimate a little bit and get settled in and then just go about things like you normally would get get into your normal practice routine Wednesday Thursday practice hard get the game plan in completely 
Friday, Saturday, do these walkthroughs and make sure that you got uh, all those specifics down and then just play the game. But in terms of how the Broncos season had stacked up, the beginning part of this uh, schedule had been has been a little bit easier. It's it's supposed to be more favorable for the Broncos here, especially before the bye week when they uh, finish up with the Jags in London. They'll have a week off, and then the schedule gets really hard. Uh, they got to face the Rams on Christmas Day, the defending Super Bowl champions. They got to play the Chiefs twice. Uh, they'll they'll play the Raiders again. They'll play the Chargers again. Uh, the schedule gets considerably more difficult after the bye week. So looking at the schedule before the season around here, people have thought, okay, this is going to be favorable for the Broncos as they're working out some of the kinks in this offense. They'll be facing uh, teams that hadn't performed so well the year before. And with the Broncos sitting at two and two now, there's a little bit of pressure to go on a streak here before uh, the bye week before the schedule gets really hard to just get some wins under your belt because things are going to get a lot more difficult after the bye. Yeah, definitely, definitely for sure. Just looking now at that schedule, yeah, you're mentioning the obviously the two games against the Chiefs. You got the Ravens thrown in there, the Titans thrown in there, um, you know, the Cardinals thrown in there, did and and that Christmas Day game against the Rams, which it's going to be fun for us now to watch for sure, but maybe it's not going to be great for the players or even the Broncos fans sort of looking at that, hoping them. Um, for the divi- One last question before we let you go. The division in, in general, of course, this is one of the most hyped-up divisions um, of this year, of course, with all the additions that were made around the teams. Chiefs are leading at the moment one game ahead of your of the, the Broncos and, and the Chargers, and now the, the, the Raiders are finally on the board. How do you feel like the rest of the season is going to pan out then in terms of the uh, the division? Um, could we see possibly that three, maybe even four teams from this division could make the playoffs? Uh, I think so. I mean, obviously the division have been hyped up so much. Uh, just talking about the Chiefs, the Chargers were supposed to take this huge step. The Raiders, uh, uh, an improved team. And then obviously the Broncos made the trade for Russell Wilson. The start of the year hasn't gone quite according to plan for most of the teams here. Uh, certainly not the Raiders just sitting at one and three. But I think these teams are better than their record early on has suggested. I mean, I think the Chiefs have proven uh, that they're still one of the best teams in the NFL, certainly with the plays that Patrick Mahomes makes. I mean, he's like Houdini out there, uh, the way he can escape. I think that the Chargers have had some injury issues. Uh, if uh, Justin Herbert can stay healthy, I think they're still going to be a really good team. And I think the Broncos are, are trying to figure this thing out. If the offense is able to really get clicking here, I think they could still be a really good team. So, yeah, I could still see three teams from the AFC West making the playoffs. Uh, I mean, uh, there's only a three, three and one teams in the AFC right now, the Bills and Dolphins and then the Chiefs. So, uh, all the rest of the really good teams are sitting there at two and two. So the Broncos feel like they're still within striking distance. And uh, I, I think that when everything's said and done, the AFC West is still going to be the best division in football, but uh, it hasn't quite started that way. Exactly. Well, listen, Phil, we've been so thankful that you've been able to give up so much of your time to speak to us. Um, before we do let you go, for anyone interested in, in following yourself online or even being able to follow the, the, the post-game show, where can they get it? 
Uh, so uh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Phil Milani, or you can f- follow any of the Broncos social media platforms. Uh, we do a post game live show. So immediately after the game ends, you can log on and uh, it might be a little bit late over there, but uh, maybe not for that London game. Uh, join us. We're in studio. We're breaking down the game and then we'll have uh, live reports inside the locker room at the podium. So, uh, we, we really cover everything that way. And then uh, we also do a podcast. It's called The Neutral Zone. Uh, you can find that on all of the Broncos social media channels, too. So uh, the Broncos YouTube page and then also uh, all of everything else, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Excellent stuff. Well, listen, Phil, enjoy the game Thursday and um, hopefully enjoy the game uh, in London as well. Will you, get, will you be flying over for it? Uh, yeah, it should be. That should be a fun one. I, I definitely looking forward to uh, spending a week over there. Yeah, is that is that your first time heading over? No, no, I've been to London before, uh, but just uh, as a tourist. So uh, this one will be a little bit different. Well, sure. If you have a day or so free and you want to pop over to Dublin, now you know you have two tour guides to bring you for the best uh, best point to Guinness. <laughs> I'll try to. Hey, thank you very much uh, for having me on. I'm looking forward to that. I'll, I'll hold you to it.